are back to another episode of this unnamed podcast. I am Jason Aponte, joined as always by Steph Sanchez. Steph, how are you today on this Victory Monday on a Halloween? It's Victory Monday, Jay. I mean, you said it. It's freaking amazing. I'm feeling great, as you would expect. Yeah, I might have eaten some chocolate, and so I'm feeling extra good. But the 49ers also won, so that's another reason to feel good, right? Absolutely, especially in the fashion. We'll get into the game, but we do have a review that we do need to read out by Fun Police Lou. Thank you for the five-star review. He says, I really love most of these shows. Most is, is the key word here in this one. Vish on Mondays is fantastic, and Gold Diggers and Gold Standard have always been great. Michelle is a standout. Love the addition of Steph. Look at you, Steph. One episode, and you're already in the review. Oh. Oh. Aponte is fine, but mostly about vibes. All in all, I love this network, though. Can I just say... Thank you for the for the review first. Can I just say, Aponte is about vibes. Is mostly about vibes. Can we put that on my tombstone? Can someone say that at my eulogy? Like that is about the vibes. I'm always about the vibes. Always. I just want to know what he meant by like, Jay. He's fine. <laughs> like, yeah. He's fine. Hey, look. He's hey, right. look. <laughs> fine can describe how someone looks. Fine is a way to describe the adequacy of their performance. I'm good with it. It's not bad, and That's it just great. depends on how you take it. I am good and with it. And you got the name Trump. Um, hey, there it is. And look at you. One episode, and you're already a superstar. But, but guys, if you want to hear your review, make sure you leave that five-star review, and we will read or bad whatever you want, you know, as in that fashion, you know, found out that I'm fine and all about the vibes. That's what we're here for. But it is Victory Monday, Steph. The 49ers beat the Los Angeles Rams 31 to 14 in Levi South, as called by George Kittle after the game as well, too. I think they're all playing into it. Steph, play of the game or momentum shift of the game that really changed it because this game kind of did change after a slow start. It did. And when the Rams went conservative before the half, you kind of got the sense that, okay, anything can happen after that. But after halftime, the 49ers offense didn't end up doing anything on that drive. One that I was expecting or hoping that they would be able to capitalize and potentially score on that didn't happen. But what happened after that, the defense did something that they were struggling with in the first half, which is they were able to get a stop on the Rams defense on the Rams offense And that, to me, was huge at that point in the game because it then gave the 49ers offense the ball back, and that's when ultimately they were able to, you know, start with all of the scoring, and it kind of snowballed from there. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, Cooper Cup, one catch in the second half, and that was in garbage time. So, for me, zero catches. Quite literally, one catch, for me, zero, because they they were not, it was not impactful at all. Um, I felt that the game switched on the Christian McCaffrey jump man touchdown in the end zone. So he runs a route to the flat, and he's there just to be there and, and cause a distraction, but he wasn't really supposed to be involved in the play. Good protection, play kind of is covered everywhere. Him and Jimmy lock eyes, and they immediately know what to do. He starts to bolt for it. It's a beautiful throw. That felt like now... This game is is swung the entire way, and now it's over. Speaking of Christian McCaffrey, 
That man is crazy. 34 yards passing, passing touchdown. 94 yards rushing, rushing touchdown. 55 yards receiving, receiving touchdown. First player to accomplish this since LaDainian Tomlinson in 2005. Nearly finished with as many total yards, 183, as the Rams offense, 223. Steph, as the kids say, is Christian McCaffrey built different? He is him. And I don't know if you saw Jay, but Jalen Ramsey had had wrote like him on his cleats, right? And that's very funny because he probably was talking about Christian McCaffrey because Christian McCaffrey is in fact the him that was on the field yesterday at Levi South. And I think it's safe to say that he is well worth what the 49ers gave up for him, right? Like I know it's early. It's only been, you know, what, 10 days since he's been a Niner, but Holy cow. Like he, continues to impress me like I knew he was going to have a big game without Debo Samuel there but I don't think any of us could have expected quite the extent and the impact that he was going to have in his first full game uh, with this team I mean I think it speaks volumes to the type of player that he is how coveted he is to Kyle Shanahan and how he wants to use him in this offense and you know, how him just being there is going to open things up for other guys. And you mentioned that one play of the uh, receiving touchdown. He had the jump man, jump man, jump man, jump man play. Um, and he was, I, I think someone mentioned he was the fifth um, option read. on that play, right? Yeah, he was, a, he was a fifth read. And to me, that was a great example of how Christian McCaffrey he sees the field like a quarterback. I know Jimmy Garoppolo had mentioned that about McCaffrey and he's, he sees Jimmy Garoppolo kind of struggling, rolling over to his right. Okay. Let me, let me go ahead, run over to the end zone and to come down with that ball just shows his athleticism and uh, just what he's able to do um, as part of this offense. Yeah. And it's funny that you brought up the draft picks because I kind of want to double back on that. So many people were upset. You can't trade that much for a running back. Well, sometimes third-round picks are Fred Warner. Sometimes third-round picks are Trey Sermon. Are you guys in a rush to find the next Trey Sermon? Uh, Joe Williams? Uh, you know, the list goes on and on. You you know, back-to-back third-round picks have been Ty Davis-Price and Trey Sermon. And sometimes they're Ambry Thomas. So give me what I know. Give me this. Was absolutely at the right time against the team that they were bidding against. And Debo Samuel wasn't there, and a lot of people were worried. Well, in my mind, I said, well, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, if you said that that was someone else's team's weapons, you'd say they're, they have really good weapons. It just so happens that the 49ers also have Debo Samuel. That's So it never really made sense to me where people were like, well, Debo's out, the game's over. Well, why? And, and I think that you hit the nail on the head with uh, the fifth read. It is such a feeling for Jimmy Garoppolo now to look, 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 and then say, all right, I know where he is and get him the ball. And now he can make a play. So all of this to say what a game, what an exciting game and what an electrifying performance from Christian McCaffrey. I mean, I would say worth every single draft pick so far at this point. And yes, he wasn't brought here to just win one game in October, but if these trends continue, Hey, there's my Simpsons <laughs> reference. Okay. Uh, now, speaking of Jimmy Garoppolo. Hold on to your butts. 
Jimmy Garoppolo played pretty well. No, not pretty well. He played damn good. Very good. Very well. Whatever adjective, whatever, whatever way you want to describe it. 9.4 yards per attempt, 84.6% completion percentage, and, uh-oh, accurate outside of the numbers, Steph? Two for two, past 10 yards on the left side, one for one down the field to Ross Dwelly on 56 yards, and and the the Ray Ray McLeod throw on, on the first drive, okay, it was a little late, but Ray Ray, you got to get up there and help him, man. How are you trying to catch the ball with your body in between two people, man? Like, high point the ball. Like, we literally watched Christian McCaffrey jump up and high point that thing. Get up there and fight for it. Sure, it was a little late. But if he high points it and fights a little bit more, who knows? Maybe you come down with it. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you on the Raymond McLeod play. I like that they're going for it. And it seems like the last few games, once a game, they try to go for that deep throw. And I, I think... Raymond McLeod should have gone up for that one. I'm, I'm with you on that. But seeing how efficient Jimmy Garoppolo was, and like you said, accurate outside of the numbers, something that we haven't quite seen much of from Jimmy Garoppolo before. You know, he usually works in the short intermediate levels of the field, the middle of the field. Um, and so I, I think that was a great development to see. And, you know, you mentioned it before with Christian McCaffrey, how – having that outlet for him, I think definitely helps. And he just looked very comfortable out there, which I think is a good development. And honestly, I think Garoppolo has been having good games. He really hasn't had a terrible game since the Broncos game last week. I know there were a few plays where he missed some guys, you know, but that's the Jimmy Garoppolo experience. That's just, just going to happen every once and again. Uh, but this week he really, looked good against the Rams and he usually has pretty good games against the Rams, no turnovers from him as well, uh, which is another plus for him. So I'm, I'm very, um, I'm very excited about his performance and I hope it can continue. Yeah. And I think we're, you know, we're on the same page and whenever Jimmy Garoppolo plays clean ball and they're able to be efficient. And I mean, 84%, you're never really going to hang your hat on that as a completion percentage, but yeah, this team's hard to beat. They really are. I want to start talking about the defense at this point, right? Because we talked about Christian McCaffrey, talked about Jimmy Garoppolo. Hats off to Brandon Ayuk, who had a very good game as well, too. Hats off to George Kittle. Everybody was in on the act. Everybody scored touchdowns. It's a beautiful thing. You know, Christian McCaffrey even was the one who threw the one to uh, Ayuk. But second half, you know, early on in this game, the defense was struggling. And I feel that the first drive that was a scoring drive for the Rams it felt like the same song and dance. Undisciplined. You're extending the drives with penalties. A 17-play drive? Kyle Shanahan was sitting there like, man, I like that. I really like that. But 17-play drive extended by penalty after penalty after penalty, and it felt like the same song and dance from the last two weeks. Then the next drive that they get, they go down and score right again. And a lot of people are like, well, what is Oren Burks doing on Cooper Cup in the red zone? They attacked the zone. It was a very well-designed play, and, you know, Oren Burks can only carry him so far. I mean, slot cornerbacks in this league cannot cover Cooper Cup. So, you know, like I, I, people just made it seem like Oren Burks was lined up over him, and, and D'Amico was like, go cover him. It wasn't that. It was the zone. They attacked the zone. They made the right throw. It was You just tip your cap. But that was it, Steph, after that. And second-half adjustments, 
What did you see from D'Amico? For me, what I saw was more pressure. He started dialing it up. He got six. He got six constantly in Stafford's face, made him very uncomfortable, threw off the timing off of, of so many of those routes. What did you see from D'Amico Ryans? And do 49er fans owe him an apology because they were crushing him uh, all through the first half? Yeah, I don't I don't understand the D'Amico Ryan slander. Like it it was getting out of hand in that first half. And, you know, I think it's fair to be upset with some of the execution in that first half from the defense, but let's not start calling for Ryan's to get fired. Like that's just right. so and overreactionary. That's the thing, Steph, is it's not, well, I hope D'Amico makes adjustments. It was literally D'Amico's exposed. Oh my God, he's terrible. They oh, figured well, him out. They figured him out. He's not going to be a head coach next year. How did we get here from for with just one half? I, and I guess this is built up from the other two games. But still, um, it, it was overreacting. I'm sorry. Keep going. No, I was just going to say, like, oh, the changes that I saw, because in, in the first half, I saw the same things, right? The penalties, the not getting off the field on third down, and I'm like, here we go again. Uh, but in the second half, I I mean, you mentioned it, the, the pressure and – if you want to be able to pressure and have success with that, uh, you need to be able to cover guys at the same time, right? Like it has to be complimentary because if you're leaving someone open, Matthew Stafford is going to be able to hit the open man. He's pretty good under pressure. If he can find a guy who's open, right? He doesn't get overly flustered. The difference in that second half was the fact that they were able to cover better on the back end. You mentioned that Cooper Cup only had the one reception and garbage time in the second half, and that is huge because Cooper Cup was uh, Stafford's main outlet in that first half, and they pretty much shut down the screen game as well. That was the other thing that the Rams had going for them in the first half, and so really they made all the adjustments they needed to. Fred Warner had 12 total tackles. Uh, he had the sack tackle for loss and he also had a pass breakup. So I think Fred Warner and his usage and those blitzes in the second half uh, definitely helped them out and definitely confused the Rams offensive line. Yeah. And again, adjustments, I think D'Amico again, he's in his second full year. There's going to be times where he's still learning. I don't think that anybody was ever as polished as they were at anything after two years, but D'Amico did a hell of a job, man. And I do think that two things are true. They had a, an amazing plan coming out in the second half to slow down this offense, and the Rams' offense is poor. It's poor. Um, there's literally nobody else but Cooper Cup. Van Jefferson active, zero catches. Tyler Higby dropped a pass that probably would have been a touchdown, got injured in this game. Zero running game. Ronnie Rivers was their starter. No Daryl Henderson, really. No Cam Akers. This offense is broken right now. And it has a lot to do with what's going on up front, has a lot to do with what's going on with Matthew Stafford's injury, has a lot to do with the fact that they don't have another weapon. Allen Robinson started the game hot, and I started to sit there like, oh, no, is he finding his groove? Because I, I'm a, a big Allen Robinson guy. I, I think he's one of the most underrated receivers. <clears throat> but he went away. So the, the whole defense completely turned back into this unit that we saw earlier in the year. And the good news is they're about to get even healthier. And we'll talk about that uh, later on in the show. But let's talk about 
Sean McVay's record as a head coach in the regular season and the playoffs when leading at halftime. It's a funny little stat. Sean McVay is 50-2 and two as a head coach with a lead going into halftime. The two losses, week 18 last year against the 49ers and Sunday against the San Francisco 49ers. Reminds me of a funny little stat. The 49ers Twitter has been blowing up and thrown around. Kyle Shanahan's trend of not winning games at the half. I believe uh, it's seven for 30 or something like that. It's now eight and 30. Uh, real quick, uh, I'll pass it to you, but I just I just got to get this off my chest real quick. Okay. Do it. Cook. All right. Okay. So I understand that stat is real. You can say whatever you want about it. You can feel however you want about it. I believe that there should be more context laid to it, especially about what quarterbacks were the quarterbacks when they were losing. I mean, if it's CJ Beathard than Nick Mullins, I kind of don't want to hear about those games. Um, if they're Jimmy Garoppolo, that's fine. But here's the funny part with Kyle Shanahan and this thing. If Kyle Shanahan goes out there and they don't win this game at the half, those people that, you know, are the loudest about this would say, wah see, can't win after the half. Kyle goes out there and kicks the Rams' ass all second half. And it's, oh, well, that's just one game. Well, how do you reverse the trend without actually winning a game first and getting out of this. So, yes, he's 8-30 now. But people, whoever it is that wants to perpetuate a narrative, are going to just say one of those two things. And for me, you can objectively look at that number and say it needs to improve. You can objectively look at every other head coach and see their record when they're losing, going into the halftime, into the fourth quarter. I guarantee you it's not that good. If it's better. I mean, they are better, I'm sure. But Kyle wins, and you're just like, oh, well, you know, okay. But if he would have lost, you would have been like, aha, see? See that? So, Steph, what are your thoughts on Kyle Shanahan, at least for t- for one week, reversing the trend? I think, you know, people are, are always going to move the goalposts, right? And and people like to confirm their priors. And, you know, sometimes even I like to do that, right? If I'm right about something, I, you know, I, I like to put it out there on the timeline. But, oh, yeah. you know, I, this one, you know, just a little silly. And I'm with you. Like, you got to reverse the trend somehow. And at the end of the day, you got to be happy that he won. You can't have wished that they would have lost because you wanted to be right about this stat and oh Kyle Shanahan you know can't finish games and things like that you know we know it's a step in the right direction we know that this offense has had issues with not being able to finish games especially they've had a trend you know of slowing down in the second half right and uh I I think that stat is probably you know, a symptom of that, but you know, the truth of the matter is I think they're on the way to turning that around and they need to, right. If they're going to be able to have success this season and, you know, hopefully be able to make the playoffs, you got to be able to come back from behind, Um, you know, and, and I think honestly, Christian McCaffrey to me, it unlocks a lot of that potential for this offense and being able to finish, being able to, not just, um, you know, get good, good drives going, but actually finish them and score at the end, you know? Um, And another thing, like I, cause I know people were upset that, um, 
they kicked a field goal on that one play where Christian McCaffrey fumbled, but then they called it a, um, an incompletion as well. Uh, instead, um, I would have see if it was a fumble and Kittle had recovered, then yeah, go that makes it. sense. Yeah. You know, go for it. You got to be aggressive. I, for one, don't like Kyle Shanahan not being aggressive in those situations. I don't either. Um, yeah. Most of us don't. Right. I mean, we want to see more aggression. I think he's like the least aggressive coach in in those scenarios and so we want to see more of that but the fact that that was um ended up being called an incomplete pass then that did not make sense at all to like want to go for that just get the points at that point so i'm okay with that but you know a a long way to just say that there's a lot of narratives that people throw out there and um you know i i don't know i think kyle shanahan is okay yeah, and I think it's there's a lot of nuance, context. There's all those things that should be yeah. added to those games as well, too. But, you know, is what it is. Buck the trend for one week. And I do wish that Kyle Shanahan was a little bit more conservative. I mean, a little less conservative, especially on fourth down. Like, go – yeah, I know, uh, Freudian slip. Go, no, go for, go for it, Kyle. Go for it on fourth down, man. Like, the only person that's more conservative than Kyle apparently is Sean McVay, which makes that, that decision at before the half much more head-scratching, especially when the 49ers were struggling so badly to not only right. defend Cooper Cup, but were getting worked by the screen over and over again like they were with the Chiefs. And I, if anybody's more conservative than Kyle, apparently it's Sean McVay at this point. Like, I, I, I just didn't see what he was doing there. Seems like Sean McVay, when he sees Kyle Shanahan, it's like the water boy. Like, remember the the guy who has the playbook ripped away from him and he looks over and he sees the coach and he just like freezes up and he can't he he loses his like his way to coach sometimes. It's just it's really funny to me. I just hate him. I hate him. I hate him. All right, Steph, how big is this win? And can the 49ers build off this win going into the bye? To me, this game was as big of a must win as they've had all season. Right. I believe going into the game. If they won, their chances of making the playoffs would be 66%, which they did win. So that's their chances as of right now. But had they lost, it would have been, I believe, 33%. And that's a huge difference, right? So this game against a division rival, no less, I think it it was huge. It was huge. And also to get that monkey off of their back of the, the bad taste out of their mouth from the last two previous games I I think this was huge for them and a step in the right direction especially because they did it without so many guys Uh, and can they build off of this I think that they can I think we're just seeing the uh you know the beginning of what Christian McCaffrey can do in this offense and we're going to see a lot of a lot more creativity yesterday we saw Jeff Wilson Jr. and Christian McCaffrey in the backfield. I think we see more of that. We see a lot of different things that they're going to pull out of their hat. And yeah, to me, the the offense is what needed to take that next step because yes, the defense in the last two games had been pretty horrible, but more or less the same guys on that defense that you, they've earned our trust, the defense, right? So we kind of knew that they can, turn it around because more or less it was the same group of guys. They just needed to figure it out on offense. Pretty much this whole season, it's been kind of the same story. As I mentioned before, not being able to finish getting some drives here and there, but not being able to score and, you know, stack those drives 
one after another. And so I think that's the difference of what we saw in this game. And because the impact that Christian McCaffrey has on this offense, I think we see that uh, build in the second half of this season. Yeah, I think that's the important part. 21 points in the second half. And what what's the stat for, for points in the second half? All right, throw that one out as well, too. It does seem like they turned over a new leaf, and it did. We did have our questions more about the offense. I had no doubt in my mind, and I wrote about this in my article on Niners Nation about the defense when we're evaluating them through seven weeks. I had no doubt in my mind that this defense was going to finally get back to where they were. It's it's too talented. It's 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 a matter of getting guys back into shape. Obviously, guys are playing out of, out of place, you know, a la Jimmy Ward. And you're missing a bunch of people, which is what makes this, this win going into the bye so huge. Also, staying undefeated in the division. Right now, this is a two-team race right now for the NFC West. It's the Seattle Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers. Who would have thought we'd be saying that? I don't think the Rams have anything that they can do to change who they are at this point because they are lacking so many things personnel-wise. And I'm not worried about the Arizona Cardinals. They are terrible. It's so funny to me that the Seattle Seahawks, held by Geno Smith, right now are 5-3, and three, playing some of the best football of his life. I saw an insane stat for Geno Smith. 9% of his throws have been deemed off-target. 9%. That is an insane stat. DK Metcalf was supposed to be injured for weeks. Nope, out there. So right now, trying to catch the, the Seattle Seahawks is going to be priority number one. And holding that tiebreaker with the with the division wins is going to be huge. And every single win in the conference is going to be huge, huge in terms of tiebreaking and seeding. And, hey, did we say that Christian McCaffrey is really good? Because I just want to say it again. Are you guys <laughs> are you guys still upset about the trade uh, trading the draft picks? Certain 49er fans are funny to me. They're like uh, Peter Griffin with the, you know, you can have the boat or you can have what's in the mystery box. What, are you crazy? We'll take the boat. No, 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 not so fast, Lois. A boat's a boat, but the mystery box could be anything. It could even be a boat. It could even be a stud running back. You know how we've always wanted one of those? Then let's just... We'll take the box. That's how the uh, certain 49er fans treat those draft picks. Honestly, right now, the Rams said it last year. I'm not trying to steal their their mantra or anything like that. But, yeah, F them picks, man. I, that's how I feel after one week. Maybe I'm overreacting. But, yeah, I'm still a buzzing from what Christian McCaffrey did on Sunday. So, going into the bye week, what are some of your expectations? What's going to actually be better about this team, in your opinion, Steph, going um, after the bye, coming out of the bye? Monday Night Football against the Los Angeles Chargers. I'll be in the building for that one. Oh, let's go. Let's go. Um, I think the offense is going to be better. And I think with, and I hope the defense could be better too, because they're getting a lot of guys back. Obviously the one thing with bye weeks is it it's a breather for your team, right? It's a chance to get healthy. They got a lot of guys are expected to get back after the bye week Debo Samuel, Juwan Jennings, Kyle Juszczyk, Elijah Mitchell should be coming off of IR. Uh, Drake Greenlaw should be back. Jason Verrett, I would assume he would be back um, in, in that Chargers game against his former team. And Eric Armstead and Kinlaw, while we don't know exactly when they'll be back, but we would assume that some point shortly after the bye week, um, certainly, you know, that they, they get a few more weeks to get ready um, to play. And so those are huge uh, on both sides of the ball, really. And I think altogether, 
assuming that they can sustain health, right? By the way, 49ers didn't have any new injuries to report uh, after yesterday's that's, game. So that's, the that's a win. win. That's Yes, absolutely. On artificial turf, by the way. On artificial turf, not one injury. What? It's a miracle. It's a Halloween miracle. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so I feel good about both sides of the ball, man. And honestly, the defense is going to do it it's always done. Like we know what they bring when they're fully healthy and they're locked in, but the offense, I think with, with Christian McCaffrey, and I, I feel like a broken record cause I keep saying it, but I think we saw how big of an impact he has, and that's going to go a long way on this offense. They're going to be able to score a lot better. They're going to be able to give defenses more fits because really it is pick your poison. And We've always kind of said that, right? Because we had Debo, we had Kittle, we had Ayuk. But a lot of the times, like, Kittle was getting double covered and things like that, and other guys not always being able to get separation. And so now with Christian McCaffrey, and and I posted an example from yesterday's game, He, him just being there, he doesn't even have to do anything, but him just being there opens things up for other guys. One of the examples I posted was on a play to – George Kittle, where uh, Christian McCaffrey comes down as a check down and the linebacker comes down, he gets the attention from the linebacker, so it opens up George Kittle. How many times were we seeing George Kittle previous previously you know, be double covered, right, and, and get a lot of attention from the defense? So example of how him just being there is going to open things up for the offense. So I think we see this offense take another step in the second half of the season. I'm going to say the defense just because they're just purely going to get guys back. I mean, you mentioned Jason Verrett, Dre Greenlaw, Aziz Alshair, eventually mid-November, Eric Armstead, Kinlaw at certain points. This defense that looked largely like it did early in the season is now getting reinforcements. And now it may get to a point where Jimmy Ward doesn't have to be down there anymore, which he said he's you know flat out not comfortable doing, but he'll do whatever is right for the team. So maybe you can bring him back up to safety. It's just right time, right vibe. Everything feels good going into this bye week. These guys get a chance to relax, have this feeling after this win, and then get healthy and go on for the stretch run. Again, I reiterated it. I probably said it 10 times on this podcast. The teams that are the scariest in the playoffs are the teams that are the hottest and the healthiest. And you've got to find a way to get there. Now, did the 49ers somehow find a way to keep everybody healthy after one week. I'm not certain of that, but maybe they got all these things out of the way early on in the season and will be able to avoid, you know, the other injuries. I mean, Elijah Mitchell will be back to help spell Christian McCaffrey in, in certain spots. Kyle Juszczyk coming back is still huge because he caused so many mismatch problems. You know, like this team, which now, if you guys turn on national media in any fashion right now, this morning, if you went on and you watched ESPN, you watched First Take, you watched Skip and Shannon, you watched any NFL program, oh, San Francisco 49ers are the most dangerous team. Nobody <laughs> wants to play them. Aha, how quickly <laughs> things change after one week, right? So all it took was the offense to show that, and now everybody gets scared because I think we all knew what the defense was. It was time for the offense to take the next step. Let's just hope they turn the corner with the bye week and this great performance. All right, speaking of bye weeks, this will be the last topic and we can end it here. I think this is a, a great show. All vibes. I feel like All this vibes. is a fine show. I think this is a fine show. 
I'm not letting that go for this episode. I'm just playing. Um, Kyle Shanahan has two and three after the bye. So that's not some Andy Reid record of like Andy Reid's record after the bye is like the stuff of like legends. It's like 150 and like, oh, I know he hasn't coached that many times, but I'm just saying it's like literally the man never loses out of the bye. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan out of the bye is going to face a Los Angeles rant of Los Angeles Chargers team. Back-to-back L.A. Uh, matchups, huh? Los Angeles Chargers team, that is, if the 49ers are the most injured, the Chargers are trying to tell them, hold my beer. Because they're literally, J.C. Jackson's out for the year. Joey Bose has been injured. Um, Keenan Allen hasn't gotten back. He'll probably be back for this game, though, as well, too. Um, but, yeah, Kyle Shanahan after the bye, two and three. But what can we expect coming out of the bye? Does all this continue? Does the team go on a little mini run. I think you heard Fred Warner in the post game, you know, with Kyle Shanahan say, let's go on a roll. Let's get on a roll here. Is that what's coming, Steph? Or are like, are we about to see the 49ers turn up on the league now? <laughs> I mean, that's definitely the hope. And I like that Fred Warner said that on the other hand, George Kittle, I'm pretty sure said that he, he kind of hates that they're going on to a bye because it feels like they just figured something out. And it does feel that way, right? And it, it was kind of similar last season as well, where before the bye, I believe they did win, and it did kind of feel like they had just figured something out, and then they go and lose to the Colts after the bye. So that we don't want a repeat of that. Yes, we know how that season ended up. You know, they, they did go to the playoffs, but you're in a great position right now to make a run, and hopefully it starts – what what week are we on? It, nine, nine, eight. It starts week yeah. ten, right? It would start week, week ten. 10 for them, yeah. yeah, and you know I I feel good about the second half of the season though because, uh, and shout out, shout out to Jose for posting this on Twitter earlier. The best part of the second half of the season is that they only have three road games. In the first half of the season, they had five, uh, and one of them is in Mexico City, and that's probably their longest flight. You know I don't Neutral know how site. long that flight is, like four to six four to six hours or something like that. And there's elevation. So there's that to consider, but the only other games are Seattle and Vegas. Those aren't long flights by any stretch of the imagination. And so really it only feels like one true road game, right? Which would probably be um, the one in Mexico city. And you can expect that most of the fans there are going to be uh, Niners fans. So I don't know, maybe that one will feel like a home game too, but I feel good about, you know, their chances coming out of the bye week playing, the Chargers, who have also dealt with a lot of injuries themselves, right? And the one thing is Justin Herbert. He's a great quarterback, right? So are they going to be able to stop him? Uh, I think they can. Like I said, they've all of the injuries have really affected them, and they, they've had a hard time like adjusting to some of those. So I think there's a chance. I love to see a, a Bosa first Bosa um, game as well. You know, obviously they're not playing against each other. That'd be crazy, but <laughs> but <laughs> you know what I mean, Jay. I'm yes. excited for that matchup. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I do think that that's going to be a fun test for the defense as well too, because Keenan Allen will be there. You know that the weapons that they have, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams is not going to be up for that game, but Justin Herbert can make so many things happen. So yeah, and uh, I. Don't want to keep beating a dead horse, but the biggest game left on this schedule for them is Thursday night against Seattle. Oh my God, they had it they is. have to go into Seattle again, and just when we were ready to throw dirt on the grave of the Seattle Seahawks, nope, 
fooled you. Pete Carroll's doing an amazing job over there. I cannot believe that I'm saying these words about the Seattle Seahawks. But I have memes like from the beginning of the season that I've made fun of the Seahawks, and I'm hoping so bad like no Seahawks fans finds those because I was like, man, those could come back to bite us. But the 49ers so far have been, like you said, undefeated uh, against NFC West opponents. So if they can keep that up, they just got a few more to go. So if they take care of business, yeah, that, that could be the difference between, you know, winning the NFC West and not. Wild season in the NFL that we're talking about Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks being a playoff contender. But hats off to him, man. I got to say that. I know you guys don't want to hear me uh, praise them at all, but I just think it's a really fun story. And I think that it's a little indicative of what the real problem was. Broncos country. Let's ride. That'll do it for this episode of the Unnamed Podcast. Uh, Jason and Steph, uh, that's what, I guess that's what we called it until we figure out a name. Uh, you know, guys, please send suggestions. Also, make sure you subscribe to the Niners Nation Podcast Network wherever you get your audio podcasts. Leave that five-star review. So I'll read it on here. Anyone else will read it. Follow Steph on Twitter at Steph49K. Follow me on Twitter at Jason Aponte2103. For Steph, for Jay, we're out of here. Peace.